Hello and welcome back to the Midnight Lantern Podcast. My name is Sean and with me today, of course, as always, is... As always, JC. It's good to be here. Another night, another conversation. Another midnight to let the lantern burn its midnight oil as we talk about everything we've been doing in the past... Uh, yeah, it's been a while, maybe like a month and a half. Yeah, longer than I expected. I I definitely meant to be... <laughs> be burning the, the oils a bit more yeah it definitely late. hit a uh, rut in the past few weeks but we are back we are back been accomplishing things <laughs> uh, i guess relatively accomplishing in light of a, an ongoing covid situation in florida specifically oh yeah we're up there we're up there in the, in the case count we're up there on the dps charts <laughs> <laughs> The global DPS. Yeah, we're doing so much damage per second. We're getting <laughs> to the fucked. world. We can destroy it out here. Oh shit! Bleep that. Bleep that too. Fine. Anyways, uh, updates. I've pretty much been working. I got my uh, my shift back on Saturdays for Blind Tiger back in the kitchen and at the okay. coffee place. Yeah. And then doing a little editing work throughout the week on top of summer classes. So uh, that's kept me busy, but I I definitely want to somehow get into the routine of recording a podcast every week. <laughs> definitely. That is kind of the focus. There, there's a lot. It's just because what I find is either every week or every, every so often, either my mind gets too boggled with so many things and I don't have an outlet for it, or if I'm not regularly out, like, you know, creating something, then I just fall flat and I end up having no momentum to create anything but that's yeah. I, it's it's a different thing i think for me too i've been very like i've been a ver- in a very didactic kind of state or like a learning mode which is I, like to me that's my main update because i recently got rejected from my master's program that i wanted to get into but what i found is that it's exactly what i needed in terms of like I what I what I under like the underlying reason I was applying and trying to do these things is because I wanted and needed something to actualize this personalized struggle about something that I care about and the, in in order to inspire resilience and and grit essentially which I've never really had in my like life I I haven't really struggled for something difficult that I care about that isn't in a game um <laughs> but but that's so far like it that's been kind of the the stream of my of my being as of late and i've just been taking online courses i almost completed um a machine learning course which is very i guess weird i i never thought i'd be doing that um and and doing that has made me kind of realize what it takes to learn because it's 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 like an it's like listening authentically and it takes your entire person you have to risk your identity almost in order to do it like I feel like I'm risking my identity as an artist in order to like oh, learn. Man. It feels weird. I don't know. I don't know if you have some feeling on that or like in in terms of your habits. But that yeah. sounds very anxiety driven. Yeah, it's not. It's not fun. It, but it, it it is. It's it's satisfying. But that's the thing. It's like this isn't who I want to be. You know, that's how it is. In terms of I guess the the like that's so for my goals at least. I, I I almost finished my class. That was my main goal. Otherwise, yeah. That that's been up. That's what's up. That is what is up for me. I've had several projects that I've still been putting behind. Uh, like I'm in the same boat as you, where 
there's just so much to do and it like um it weighs down on my mind because there's so many things to do but there's so much time to do yeah. it but i end up doing two things that's either <laughs> scrolling through tiktok or playing valorant or something right. like that no definitely where we just, yeah where we just waste the day or night playing melee or valorant and then runescape 24 7 but, always um, in the background <laughs> that's a whole other story um <laughs> yeah i think now that it's um getting back to like summer is kind of almost over almost because yeah. already july in july a vague 7th. way yeah and it doesn't even feel like summer because of everything that's happening but yeah. uh eventually i'm going to go back into uh university on campus in the fall and so i think that will like my my routine of productivity is starting to kick back in in like full throttle and so i'm gonna try to stay on top of it yeah yeah and then we can hang out finally <laughs> yeah get get boba get some play boba. board games again dang that literally that feels like a luxury and it it used to be normal <laughs> yeah that was like the last thing we did before the boba day like skated we went to a boba shop and then we played board games I feel like it's just gonna be surreal seeing like you know like friends again in real in like real life. Like I won't know what to do with my hands. That's how I think it's gonna be. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, the games I've been playing, as I mentioned already, were was Valorant, Melee, and a whole lot of RuneScape. Mm. Speaking of, I mean, I think that I, like RuneScape for some reason has had this trend as of late as what I've seen, at least for people of, of my relative age and, you know, even on Twitch and stuff like it, it just regained a lot of popularity. It's resurged. It's like the coronavirus of video games. Oh, my. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if that's insensitive, I apologize. But they <laughs> just just how it continues to like, like you think it's going to drop further. Like, I think it's going to drop in player count further than it is, but then it just surges up. And it's like, yeah. what? Why? Why is this happening? And I, I want to talk about that in a bit, because that's kind yeah, of that's a, that's a whole other section. Yeah, that's we'll um, get to that. So the reason why I have been playing, just a note, is I finally got membership. So I have a whole lot to talk about as a first-time member, and just experiencing <laughs> the real game from like new player eyes. Even though I feel like you've been playing, I, I know a lot despite being a new player but we'll leave that to the runescape section before we get into that um yeah i guess well i want to talk about like competitive gaming and how like how it's different because also something that i was talking to with my girlfriend actually because she was just started playing valorant um was how mm -hmm. she never experienced what it's like the, the satisfaction of like performing in competitive games because how i've always taken games right is something to think about and something to study and offer artistically but competitive games are actually just totally not totally different there's no there is no part in that it's almost like refine your skills and reflexes to perform it's a sport i i don't know if you know it literally is a sport but it, it acts like a sport in how you approach it mm -hmm. and i it's a it's a high performance um activity there you go that's a good way to put it but i hadn't I hadn't really observed myself in those. Like, I've always played sports, but I haven't observed how different elements affect me. And, I, I, like, things that I would normally be unconscious to, I think because I'm, you know, I'm older now, I can reflect on my brain. Um, right. 
like I, I notice how things affect me. And the example is how I, I don't know why. Uh, this is like how I'll start where before I was playing Valorant and I was feeling kind of nervous. Um, I was playing with uh, just some people that I like want. I wanted to be look cool by being good at the game, but I wasn't. And so and this is uh, Serafina and her, her friend. Um, and then I just started like talking like this one guy just annoyed me and I started talking and like just being sarcastic and, you know, being funny to myself. I don't think anyone else was laughing. <laughs> but that's the usual jc move that's the, how it goes <laughs> but then i started doing a lot better and i literally mm. like i carried five matches and before that i was like third i was third kda not doing well at all the the guy on top was just shit talking like the the dumbest carrier is the person who thinks they have authority to be mean because they're like top you know, frag top frag there you go top, top, frag. top frag means uh they have the most you kills. Have the most kills in the right. game, yeah. And so this a dumb guy, like not even that far ahead. And then I just started like mocking him, and then I just started doing really well. And then eventually I was like two to one KDA before I was like almost one to one. It was you know many mm -hmm. almost 10, 12 kills, twelve yeah. deaths, and it was just like wow. How I don't even know what I did to make a difference. I don't even I don't I don't feel like anything changed. I just started talking. Another example is when we played melee. And we, I was felt really wired. Like I felt very in control because I'd been, you know, for an hour, two hours, three hours, refining nuanced movements and controls in the game. Now, I think the obvious distinction is that it's a different game, and obviously it doesn't just <laughs> translate. Um, but yes. I felt very wired, and then I went to play Valorant, and I was literally like one one to four KDA, like one kill for every four deaths which is horrible, and I've never done that bad. And I just dropped ranks after ranks just that whole time we were playing. Yeah, I remember that night. <laughs> you know, my... <laughs> I'm sorry. It's hard to forget. I feel like it's my fault. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I feel like I just should have stopped playing. That's the thing is, is like, I, I didn't, I didn't, I, th I felt in control. I felt like I was competent, but I, I actually wasn't. And mm -hmm. something about competitive games allows you to reflect on that. And I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this. It's just that I, I don't know, like what, what, what actually makes a difference in in competitive games and high performance. Sometimes it's hard to. It, it's not really how you feel. It's you know you got to have external barriers, and uh, you could bring that into something where we're in this data driven world, and I think that's an example of why a lot of people do data oriented. Anyways, that's been my yeah, experience. I think it comes down to like the more you are more it, it, I think it comes down to as soon as you're in your element you started to just naturally play at what you usually play in uh, terms of you know like, the melee you mean being more in the flow oh, of uh, Valorant you know what I mean because like you said in Valorant when I started talking you know, you, yeah once you started to approach the game as you normally would right. you were playing better just because like that was just how you play right oh wait sorry what i meant to say also this is what i was trying to get to <laughs> i just blanked on it was sometimes like it, it's a matter of confidence in that in terms of that or, or like when oh, i started yeah, just talking yeah it was like my confidence allowed me to take smarter risks in a right. way that before i like and when we started playing and i i buckled down was you know one to four kda when i started buckling down i was too afraid to take risks and i just like i need to play it safe 
but that made my play very predictable. They knew where I was standing almost every time. They knew I wouldn't rush them and I wouldn't do anything, you know, hard for to manage. Like they had control of me because I was too anxious to move out and try something. And also because yeah. people that were doing better than me, even though I know almost like factually I'm better than them because I'd fallen <laughs> like ranks at yeah. that point. Like I, I like was subject to their gaze. Kind of, I I didn't know right. how to break out of it. Yeah, like th- they were calling out, like, "Hey, don't peek that." But you know, in effect, that you can peek that because yeah. you normally could hit that shot. And what's stupid about that too is like they didn't want me to peek a section. I wasn't peeking it. I was holding an angle, of, yeah. and like of a position that was very tactful to hold. Yeah, that you want vision on, and just this guy thought he knew what he was talking about, and I I just was like, okay, I mean, I'm not doing well. I I should probably listen, and that prevented me from trying to play the way right the way I normally right. play. It prevented you from actually playing the way you do play, where you can hit those shots and you can peak that. It's true. And what, like, what crushes me sometimes is how, when I think about people who might just assess like, their value to how, like, how they perform, when it's not always... I, I don't always think it's like your ability. Sometimes it's your emotional state. I don't think that how... how like, especially as a person who's struggled with like, you know, mental health and depression in general, I, I think that it's like your performance isn't always doesn't determine your worth you know like that's and oh, yeah, that's that like it doesn't come across in these communities where they're so competitive and really it, like, like if you're in league you're you know you want your team to be good but in valorant if you're a good enough player you're gonna carry and i don't think that's translated in the way that people realize where it's like you know if you really want to win so bad you should work on yourself not on criticizing other people that's kind of the overall my overall i guess more yeah but i don't know how is your experience because you've been playing this whole time too and i know you've had your whole kind of arc especially towards valorant which was new to you how how has your experience been and also with melee because i know we've, that's been competitive right um for me i know i'm not the greatest fps uh shooter work in progress yeah um so i definitely take it more like less serious in terms of like, okay, I know I'm not good. And if I wanted to improve, I'd have to like really practice. But uh, I just have fun playing the game regardless um, of rank and like regardless if we're losing. So like with that approach, it actually lets me be more free of like, mm. like if I get, I, I, I never had that experience of like buckling down in like a clutch moment because <laughs> I just kind of carelessly take risks because I know I it doesn't oh, matter man. to me. You know what I mean? So it's like a it's like a That's different a difference type. too though. Yeah, like it's it's a different approach for you, but it's like the same result where I'm like I'm able to peak this not because I I'm a good shot, it's just that because it's careless. I yeah, it's careless and I'm I'm just and having fun. It's so and true. I do hit those shots sometimes. So it's No, like, yeah. And it's hype. <laughs> yeah, and then I guess I just I uh there are moments where I'm like, oh man, like I should play more serious and um, like really play more strategic and and I do like because I play Sage and right. you know I have to be like the team player because I'm always the worst one on the team when we're playing ranked. <laughs> um, no, not always. So, but like I know that my understanding of a team game overall is better than my ability to aim. So like I try to apply that over like trying to be trying to get kills or trying to look good 
Yeah, definitely. And that makes a difference too, especially at, I think, certain ranks. Just the, the momentum of being able to have someone talking and, right. and yeah, not everyone just be silent and typing. It makes a yeah. difference in how everyone um, tries to play and focus. I, I tried to bring the morale up. There's yeah. a, definitely some dead moments and it's really awkward. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like as soon as we queue up in the character select, I'm always like trying to get people to talk and open up. Even and, though I'm introverted myself, I being behind the screen and behind the mic, I can just role play this character. Yeah. Like, Who's this guy? He's like, yo, what's up, boys? Let's get this dub. <laughs> and it makes you know it so much mean? better. Like, and that's the thing. It's like when I, if if I could be if I could just do that whenever, it's like yeah, you'll start to play better. It's so strange. Right. So I guess I. I try to pretend to be this obnoxious player, but I'm actually just like the worst player. And <laughs> <laughs> you just don't give a shit. But uh, yeah, I just try to approach the game like that. Because at the end of the day, it's still a game to me. Oh, that's um, true. Melee, however. <laughs> melee, yeah, different thing. Melee, I'm all serious. And I guess it's like flipped where I there are those moments where I'm like, why am I, why am I sucking? I, I, I buckle down, I'm like, I right. my neutral starts to stuck. Um, right. With the new implementation of rollback melee for online play, it's definitely uh, allowed us to play more online at a fluid uh, frame rate and more fluid connection. And so I'm able to play a lot of players, and we've been playing a lot recently, and it feels like we're playing on CRT. And uh, I recently got a new modded controller with greased right. up parts and i got notches and for like wave dashes and firefoxes and i know this sounds all <laughs> super technical yeah yeah like not yeah explain what like what what's the purpose of that so the purpose is just to have less controller issues because there's different types of gamecube controllers and there's a certain type that you really want for melee because everything is frame perfect there's no buffering um. so as soon as you input something, you can't input another op, uh, move until that move is done. And so I got this controller. I've been practicing a bit, and I've definitely approached it with a uh, competitive mindset, that, like what you were talking about for Valorant. Mm. And um, I'm hoping to improve. Um, like, I know the controller is not going to help me improve, but it helps me feel good in like moving. In my movement, your movement, which um, is a big part of how you eventually but, perform. Yeah, like if I feel good, I'll play good, and so yeah, that's why I liked. I wanted to have that controller, um, and that comes down to like what you're saying, where emotionally, if you feel good, you're gonna play good, right? You play well. And it, it totally is in my mind. It's like it's like if you're, it's like what kind of risks you're willing to take and what you're willing to see like because when i the the kind of buckling down like what the feeling was that i'm smaller than everything else is monolithically yeah. sized and i'm smaller and so it's like i can't have an effect and if i tried it would i would look stupid yeah you'll like you'll worsen your case yeah. um it, it that brings to mind the the whole confidence thing how i play melee I noticed this because uh, playing unranked or like playing strangers online yeah, right. with the new matchmaking, I'm able to play a wide variety of 
of skilled players from new players coming from like ultimate or just new melee players right to like really good melee players that just body me <laughs> and then some people that are my my skill level right. and i noticed that i play the best when i don't respect them <laughs> and so like it comes off as like i'm um, very disrespectful but it, it's a matter of confidence where it's like i know <laughs> To a degree, like, the highly skilled player will just shut this down immediately. But, like, it's, like, because I don't know who this player is, immediately, I think I'm better. Because, yeah, so I'm probably able to in play, general. I'm able to play a lot better. You go to a tournament, you can see who you're up against face-to-face. -face, right. And, like, you know they're good because they're, like, top-ranked in your area. Have a reputation. And so you're, like, you, you play with this nervousness because you, you already know he's better than you. It's very true. I remember playing one, the kid from, uh, what's his name? Orlando. He was like Captain Falcon. Got his name. It's okay. Oh, no one will yeah, know. Yeah, Ben. Yeah, yeah. And I just, the first time I played him, I did pretty well. And then eventually I realized, oh my God, this guy is really good. No, he's, he's insanely good. Like you played a one god. One of the best. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. I, I didn't realize, I was just like, man, I'm doing good. I got like two, I got two kills the first time. Two out of four. Yeah. And then the next time I like, it sunk into me and I was like, oh, this is who this man is. And then I got yeah. four stuck. Once you realize the gap, you start to it like, like actualizes. Focus on it. Yeah. yeah, in your realization, it actualizes. Yeah, not so, not always true. I don't think this is always true, but it definitely is more consistent. It's it's usually true. Yeah. So like tying that into Valorant, I always approach video competitive video games like a fighting game. Yeah. Where, uh, yeah, like if I don't respect this other player and i i'm confident i'm gonna peek mid and try to get the shot <laughs> <laughs> over them you know what i mean yeah of course it doesn't go well that often but <laughs> yeah i mean yeah and also not to say like respecting your opponent can sometimes you know have benefits and you can perform better by knowing your opponent and you know respecting their strengths and stuff like that but yeah that's a whole that's way higher that's beyond yeah not there yet but it, it does come down to confidence and like being, right, your own ability being aware of it being like aware of like your limitations as a player there you because go. of your skill yeah your skill level and then knowing their skill level if you despite them being a better player you you should still have confidence in the things you know you can do right it, as soon as you lose all... that confidence it comes it goes down to like at that time where you buckled down exactly you weren't able to play it's totally it's totally about the vision of the possibilities it's like like yeah it's what you just said it's all about what you can yeah. see though about what's possible yeah exactly and that just changes it's not even what you do it's just what you can see and then that changes what you do yeah but yeah it's all about feeling in control um but then like sometimes you're like, not it's hard to refine i lose a lot of falco matchups because i just don't feel like i'm in control because of my because of lasers um, and how fast uh, the Fox and the Falco rushdown can be. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's like frustrating, but you know, I'm not, it doesn't feel like I'm in control. Right. And so like that affects it. Like it starts to snowball into like, Oh shit. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I, I don't even, I forget all the options I can do against that because yeah. I'm like spiraling down this. I'm not in control. I'm not in control. I th to be honest, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like if you get caught in those ruts. <laughs> okay, I wanted to talk about RuneScape because that's some hype shit, but I, I gotta say this also. I think that, like, the best 
the most idyllic like platform to be playing on at least like you know your emotional platitude you know what you're seeing on in your mood is when you it's like like being um what was it feeling in control i think that that has an equivalent into what i'm going to talk about of knowing so like i think when you're playing on that you know the platitude you're sitting on to play there's a mix of like knowing and unknowing and i see that as like feeling in control and also having self-doubt and these are mm-hmm. this is like some some spiritual shit I've been looking at recently. Okay, I'm not gonna delve, <laughs> delve into it, but this is how it. I, I have this kind of theory about what mm-hmm. the best play is, where feel you want to feel in control, but you can't like, and you want to do your best guess of what you should be doing, but you should have self doubt. Like there's a mix of knowing and unknowing, and you just end up in this kind of gray area where it's not quite like you know everything because you don't you don't know everything because you're playing someone that is. You know they can change and be dynamic, and people are mm-hmm. unpredictable. And but also, you don't not know anything, right? You don't not know how to play the game, and it's not like you've not seen a bunch of games before. So when you reach into this point where it's like you're doing the best possible thing by how you're judging the situation, but you have self doubt, like you're not, you don't just know. It's not an overwhelming control, which is what I was talking about before. Like what I had from melee to playing Valorant, and I felt like I knew everything and I was in control. Um, like, like if you don't, if this, the mix of doing your best guess and having some self-doubt and, you know, where you're kind of criticizing what you're doing and, and evaluating your judgments and evaluating the result, that, that to me is the best place to be sitting in a right. competitive game. The levels of, uh, competence, like knowing your competence and incompetence. Right, 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 right. Yeah, there, there's definitely like a spiritual understanding that is the essence of fighting games, especially when it comes down to like one-on-one type of competitive games. Oh, yeah. And any high-performance activity where it is competitive. Yeah. Um, it's just deep yeah, games. They, they can be yeah, deep. Human, at that level, like the human being is very interesting. Definitely. And that's the thing. It's like something, when you reach that point, <laughs> not that not to get too zen about what melee but like the when you hit that point it's like there's something true something about that is true and it's not like you know it's an it's an act but you're engaging something that is like honest that you wouldn't i don't think there's a lot of other ways to just you know engage that it's not like it's not social necessarily i mean it is social it's like a dance i guess but some something about being there is just, is just true. That's all. I don't know how else to put it. Like a, it's <laughs> it's a, uh, it's just a raw and authentic experience. That's a good. That's probably the best way. Yeah, melee's life. Melee's life, bro. But it's also melee. like something about the universe, though. It's like something is there is true about. It's some small corner of everything that is, but it's something that I I, I feel like can is repeated in other things somehow. I always relate a lot of real life situations to melee so i can (laughs) i could definitely uh relate to that okay i think a lot of melee players end up doing that the melee is life melee Melee is is the universe it's official (laughs) that's it this is now a melee podcast melee yeah it's a melee zen melee reflects something true about the universal it was a cover-up to be general gaming i just wanted to make a melee podcast (laughs) i'm glad this is coming to light you know pretty soon but it, too it is crazy to see how melee it was dying a little bit and then they came out with rollback and now yeah. it's just so much more alive than it's ever been 
how rollback changed i haven't really paid attention yeah. what do you think how did it change the scene it's um because net it came out when ultimate was dead because online sucks on ultimate uh-huh. and then net play was you net play was only optimal if you live near each other because of like ping right and so rollback just was able to you're able to play melee again as if it's on CRT. Like, it just brought yeah, back yeah. that, what you were talking about, the authentic experience of those late-night melee sessions. You're just existing in this universe. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, it's, yeah, yes. It was doing that, but, it, like, in our own homes, more accessible mm. because it was inaccessible for so long. You know, right. living without melee is the dark time. <laughs> <laughs> There's some dark times. Living like, last year, melee. melee was pretty much dead, you know? It felt dead. yeah. 2019 was, I'd say, a low point for Melee because nothing was going on. Armada quit. It was the year of um, Ultimate. Yeah. But then this year, Genesis, it was pretty hype. And Mango's like, there's much more Melee to be played. The famous oh, quote my. that's been, you know, circulated. There's just so much more circles. to be played. And so that started to, like, you know, all eyes are on Melee again because Mango's popping off. And Zane was this new god of, like, dude, he's, he's ripping through, like, right, Zane. all these tournaments. And then his sponsorship with the Golden State Warriors, like, holy crap, like, you know, Melee can still... Zane did? Dang. Yeah, he's sponsored by uh, the Warriors. That's but they're crazy. called uh, Golden Guardians. Oh, okay. Because, like, NBA has eSport uh, teams now. That's so random, um, but cool. Uh, yeah, so, like, Melee pretty much lives, man. And so then, but then COVID happened, and then, yeah. That kind of touches on our goals because we were trying to get better at Melee. Right. So, yeah, yeah. But anyways, just as Melee has kind of seemed like it was on the brink of dying and then it has exploded in population, mm-hmm. old school RuneScape has had this trend as well. Right. Um, It seems like it just never dies. The population either is in a healthy state and then it, or it explodes. Yeah. And then their developer team just gets smaller. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But we've definitely been playing a lot of RuneScape, uh, even in among our friend group, especially because yeah. of quarantine. Everyone's hot and back into uh, the RuneScape. It's unexpected. It, it, it was like everyone, everyone, a lot of people I knew. Yeah, it's just so good as an MMO. Um, in our previous podcast, I was all about Final Fantasy fourteen. I, it was um, an interesting time in my life. Interesting two months. <laughs> um, but uh, I've realized... Oh, I stopped. My membership ended. I'm like, I, was, I wasn't really into it as much anymore. Um, kind of just fell, fell flat. And uh, yeah. even then, I was still playing RuneScape. Just free to play. But uh, now Very that I... So the story of how I got membership and like why, because I've always been. Yeah, this is a I'm big never deal. gonna. I'm never gonna get membership. Like I was always like, you know, it would just ruin the game for me because mm-hmm. it removes those, the, the rose colored, rose tinted glasses for me as nostalgic. Yeah. Because I, I had never played as a member, but I was I was chopping um, trees one day. <laughs> <laughs> like every day. Out of the blue. And, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I got this random message, and it's like, hey, do you want a bond? Oh I was AFK, so I, I missed it. But I was able to see it later when I got back on. And I was like, 
oh yo like i was just curious i was like who is this person why did you if he's oh, offering yeah. me a free bond i'll take it so i was like yo uh is that bond still on the table and then like it's like yeah you have to just guess my instagram username so i was like wait do i oh, know my. this person so it turns out it was like one of my friends and he had added me and saw that you know i'm free to play <laughs> mm-hmm. and so it turns out like uh him and his brother were offering me uh membership just to like play the game because like i think i mean they'd probably make a lot of money running raids and um so they, they could spare a few mil um, on the side for you for a little you so, so they're like here take this bond like just activate it whenever you're ready man like you know the game's a lot of fun and that was i was like All right, now i have to become yeah. a member i can't such an event I yeah decline, I, de- I can't decline this <laughs> and so i finally did it and it changed my life your whole world changed everything now that you're playing I knew and loved about mmorpgs it's the real game now it is the real game um it is insane i should have i should have took a screenshot of my skills before before and after just to, like sh- just to show my free-to-play progress oh yeah uh, 94 wood cutting for you to play let's go boys insane stats <laughs> truly um, deserving. 60 combat <laughs> so 60s insane. on a free play i feel like that's, that's pretty insane. accomplished that's enough for a free to play but yeah I it pretty much enough. revived the game for me um because after i hit 92 wood cutting it i was like well this is it this is half of 99 uh i don't want to do anything else on this account <laughs> But then, uh, yeah, getting membership was insane. I, I was, I was able to see like how RuneScape actually is an MMO. Uh, and, like, small corner of free to play I was in was so. It was very bare bones, but there was no um, depth to it. Even though I still enjoyed it, because I I was just skilling. Yeah, Dang. but what's surprising to me is how. Like, how non-linear RuneScape really is. Like, you can really just do anything in any order. And, you know, it doesn't really hold your hand to anything. And I think that's what I like about it. Right. You kind of just dive in. What I think... Because I feel like that's what MMOs try to do, but they end up being more linear. And you were talking about that with um, Final Fantasy. I think the difference between RuneScape... So for me, something like RuneScape and World of Warcraft... It, the way their systems, the way the way they're transparent with their systems is what makes the difference. So, and it's like why RuneScape won't die. It's almost like it's the perfect drug, in a sense, oh, in, yeah. in the game Definitely. terms. Yeah, and like on top of that, it's also an active, um, like economic simulator. So, the difference to me between RuneScape and and say World of Warcraft is like RuneScape. You can just go fish. Like I'll explain how the the RuneScape systems work. In RuneScape, you you kind of do some skill. There's a certain amount of skills. Say fishing, for example. You can go fish. You can only fish a certain kind of thing. It has a small amount of experience. You get it very slow, but you can gain levels quickly. And then eventually, once you gain skill, you can do more advanced things. And they are they take longer to get, but they give you more experience. And then simultaneously, like as you can get more experience 
um, the levels get harder to obtain. Like it requires more experience. So it almost mimics a real skill curve. Like a, that, that's what it's doing. It's mimicking a real life skill curve where you do a certain task and then you, you put in a couple hours trying to perfect a skill. Some say, you know, it could be programming or writing or anything. Um, and then as it, as, as you hit this like higher, becoming the best of the best, like from level 90 to 94, right? 94 is halfway. That's when you've come halfway uh, with the skills. 92. 92. And like, so th like that, you only have six levels left, but getting those levels takes as much work as it's taken you to get the previous 92. So that, that kind of logarithmic learning curve um, of improvement, it, it, that's what it's trying to mirror. And it's very addicting. It's very perfected. It, it's how like real life works and it, it gets you involved what like and how raw it is it's just you can just start doing anything any anything in the world then you'll start getting that skill and then when you get that you you get little you know items and then you can sell them so it, it mixes in all it does is mix a very pure logarithmic skill quest line like a logarithm like skill progression and then it mixes that with an economic simulator where right. everything kind of overlaps and plays into this mesh of, you know, ev everyone's helping each other get you know progress. Technically, that's kind of what's happening. Yeah. And how how that's different from World of Warcraft is you can technically just go fish, in World of Warcraft, but the overlapping the overlaying systems aren't as simple. They're not as transparent. And I think we talked about that with Guild Wars Two with how you progress some um, your final items. But mm -hmm. in, in World of Warcraft, like, they try to hide it behind, um, like, this plays into this, uh, like, world-building element, and this plays into, uh, like, you know, this quest line, and, and the, the main content of the game is, is very, it's, it's way more streamlined, and it's much more, it's way more linear, I think, in proper progression, and then the, the fishing and extra skills, those are kind of on the side, or skinning, I remember yeah. that was common. Whereas RuneScape, that is the content where that yes, that exactly. grind, and something somehow because it's transparent, because they don't obscure the systems that are present in the game, um, it it's it, it can make you come back and it's it's everything you want. It's exactly what you want, and it doesn't try to be what it isn't. I think that's why it's continued its popularity is because it's honest in a way. Yeah, it it's like, um, in an M in another MMO it will those systems like skilling such as like crafting fishing cooking uh armor making etc like those systems are important but the game kind of doesn't make that transparent to you because all you think about is i want to kill things i want to do quests right and you want these flashy items and weapons exactly and that's so the main content of you don't find out yeah you don't find out how important those other skills of understanding those skills are until later when you're like oh i want this ascended armor oh i have <laughs> to like craft all this and have all these materials how do i do that and then it turns out you need like this really high like level or high required understanding of how the system works yeah but you're already at the end game and your your understanding of it is still at like level one yeah so it's not as um like you were saying, where RuneScape just, that is the content, so it's transparent. And there's even quests that, like, you need a certain level of requirement in this other skill to do it because there's a part in the quest where you pickpocket the NPC. And so mm -hmm. you need, like, a level 40 agility, even though, or thieving, 
And like, <laughs> that's the only part of the quest where you need it. And so, like, it just incorporates all the skills into these quests in a healthy and transparent way without adding fluff to it. Right. Um, and it's like the skill, the skill, it's not like in Guild Wars, like, I think that's the example where you have to craft this item where the skill is only to craft the item. Like, if, if say, like, you need this thieving to do this quest in RuneScape, thieving plays into a bunch of other parts of the game, and it has its own functions and uses, and it, it, it's useful in itself. Yeah. Especially agility. Agility, yeah. I didn't understand how... Because for me, I always thought agility was just, like, for shortcuts. But uh, as a new member, like this game is so fresh in my new player eyes <laughs> and so like i always thought agility was just for the shortcuts but i didn't realize it restores your run energy faster yep there's uh, an agility outfit that reduces your run depletion yeah. rate you know and like and, and those then, are relatively newer i think i don't really remember them that being like that or at least the the graceful outfit is what right. you're talking about and then even just like potions now it makes sense why herb lore is so important and, and fletching goes hand in hand with right. herb lore and there's no other way to do it yeah i think in other mmos you could just like there's there's ways around it because the developers and programmers are like afraid if they just leave it as like bare bones grind it won't be appealing to players right right and you were you were talking about this earlier about how it gets lost in translation from what the programmers are trying to do to the players. Right. Um, where it, it the systems make sense to the programmers, but it doesn't make sense to the players. Right. Right. So my example from that was um right. I haven't mentioned that was the in Guild Wars to make the ascended gear. It 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 like is all nested. Like the 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 hype the items that are important that go into what you're creating nested in within that is all these other items and then nested within those items are another array of items and i think for me i don't know how how old i was when i was playing i was a little older uh, but it was kind of just confusing and seemed exhausting and and i didn't even know where to start with it like it it, it, it had one simple item i needed but it was really a bunch of items that i just didn't even feel like oh like this yeah. is such a this feels weird to like start top and then go down whereas in in runescape it's it's not like it's bottom like, it's top. bottom up yeah so, like, with that, when I look at that, I see the the programmer, like, seeing how programs work, where he goes, oh, yeah, I make uh, variables, and those goes in, go into functions, and then functions obviously have to go within classes, obviously, like, and then they, they just nest all this stuff, and, you know, it, it sprawls out into, like, you know, this, this great array of underlying things, fundamental things, but it's not intuitive to the player, like, it doesn't make sense to me until, you know, I have to do the work of of what you did, kind of instead of you know having it come to me naturally or, or having it be easily interpretable as opposed to runescape which all their systems are easy to understand and and they're simple enough to 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 get it you know, not in a not in a bad way like in a good way and i think uh what you mentioned where you don't know where to start that's so important in runescape because despite it being so overwhelming and you can do anything like yeah. when i first started of course i went to falador and walked through the gate just for like a little moment for myself <laughs> to be like finally <laughs> you know that's like moment. technically not the first members area but that's like the most common back in the day because 
that was like the gate that was like you are not a member and like yeah right the most member like place for uh <laughs> non-members and so i stepped through that gate and i was like i even like screenshotted it <laughs> dude that is an and anime like, nice. moment yeah i was like nice I'm, I'm finally a member and then i'm like now what <laughs> <laughs> right but, but that's the thing it's easy to start it's always yeah like at first it was like overwhelming like damn where do i start should i do quests should i like there's so many things I can do, but I don't know where to start. But then it became easy where like, oh, there's a quest right here, which is house. And so I just started to like knock things down. And then I'm like, wait, I can actually start anywhere. Like I can just, right. I right. can go, I can go, uh, you know, do what I was doing before as a free to play and just with better gear. Now I can yeah. do Slayer. I can kill, I can just explore these areas. Whereas in another MMO, um, that crafting experience that you're talking about like you just don't know where to start because it is focused top down top yeah it's from the programmer's eye yeah not from the player's eye yeah like one of my goals was uh you know like getting wood cutting or like a skill up fishing you just start from level one and like it's so basic you just start um it's like oh like i started thieving from like level one, because like I need, I just wanted to. Uh, uh, I started. Just wanted to do I, it. So one of my first goals as a new member was to get full graceful, so I can run around and do all the quests with run, the most efficient run energy. That is smart. And uh, so, you know, starting agility from level one, it was it was easy to pinpoint where I need to where I needed to start, and it's uh, the tree gnome agility course, and so I just kept doing that until I hit level ten then level 10 is the next course you know it's very simple and very linear progression yeah and like you said the levels came fast so like the the dopamine was kicking the dopamine in. was pure <laughs> yeah that the little uh fireworks but yeah understanding and understanding where to start and that being clear for the player is definitely a, a healthy part of playing the game yeah it's yeah it's weird it's weird because like you think that that's like players want to get past that illusion but it's like that's the content yeah and it's just so honest the way it's presented in runescape right and they elaborate on it in in like smart ways but that's a whole that's a different thing yeah um yeah, and that's why runescape is still great yeah like if you play another mmo and start from the beginning it, it, the the quest line is clear because they usually have like this super linear storyline or you know progression to do and then you just follow it but then the mm. other stuff doesn't and you know you, right. you're struggling to figure it out and then you have to like look things up not that you don't have to look things up for RuneScape but at least it's clear you just go from level 1 to like yeah. level 10 yeah whereas other games there's not really levels but like you need a certain amount of there's tiers to like certain materials that you need right and see see like that what they're doing with that is like they're it's like they're trying to make the they're trying to obscure the base systems like they're trying to right. make them more elaborate than they are and it's it it just confuses you you know like it's not it that's yeah. the testament to runescape's like philosophy i think yeah like a certain boss or a monster uh could be very difficult to defeat 
in another M in RPG or an MMO. And there's not necessarily a level requirement to do it. There's actually just, it's just difficult. Yeah. And so then how do you do that? You need better gear. How do you get better gear? You have to do this. But there's no levels or skilling involved. It's just that you have to actually understand that in like an ambiguous way right. without numbers to it. RuneScape just gives you the numbers and you're like, go <laughs> defeat this level 119 black demon. And you're like, oh shit, how do I do that? And so yeah. then like, oh, I need 60 combat or 70s. And like, you know, just things like that where it's very honest and transparent. Right. And in terms of those, in terms of those skilling games, I, like that's the thing is that there's always a number, but they try to obscure it when they try to do different things. Yeah. As opposed to maybe like melee where there actually isn't. It actually is mm. your skill, right? Yeah. But, but different kind of game, right? I don't play RuneScape for the reason I play Melee. Yeah, definitely. There's this... Uh, because it is so bare bones, dopamine, <laughs> like <laughs> numbers, the, the sense of progression is so satisfying. Definitely. It's, it's a perfect OCD dream. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, the, it's uh, RuneScape's a drug. Old school RuneScape's life. <laughs> melee and runescape we just play 2007 games oh yeah pray 2007 <laughs> but that speaks a lot about um how there's just no new good games well definitely okay i was thinking this too uh games i think games now are made to meet the moment they're made to reach something and i mean not that like they haven't always but i i think games before were meant to embody a concept that was they the people the developers thought was cool and it was built to kind of last as that concept. Whereas now it's like, we just need to address this. Like we need to dress up this gaming system that already exists and put it in this way so that, you know, it appeals in this direction to this demographic. And, yeah. you know, we're not, you know, we can't make it too complicated. We need to make sure that it's simple enough for everyone to, you know, it's approachable and that it has a broad appeal and that and it, it, it loses like games start to lose what makes them unique between each other they yeah. they take on a similar quality that i just know is like this game is going to be like this and i don't even have to waste it's just going to be a whole time sink that is not going to be worth it in the end and yeah. i think that's the difference i think that's why we're playing these old games because they were it's built a, to last it's a sad reality it's unfortunate but that's i guess that's just the condition and that's that i mean that's what i would like to overcome if you know as a game, a game developer yeah as a per as someone trying to make games I, I think that's me right now i'm not a game developer i'm just a person <laughs> trying to do it now you got to speak it into existence damn you're right actually just scratch a... that i'm a <laughs> i'm a genius game developer <laughs> just as i am a filmmaker you are also a game developer okay thank you sean for this affirmation i will carry this forward <laughs> exactly but you're right like the game a lot of game development now is trying to dance around the systems already in place because of the exactly. history of gaming and they do it in good ways and bad ways but it's never unique enough to like be the new something and it's not their fault it's also like the way we play video games now because of like our attention span and the way the culture of gaming yeah. is so immediate and it, know, it's the culture it's how it's what's marketable i think yeah no one really plays a game like we used to play games back then where it's like this is the one game i'm gonna play for like <laughs> a long time maybe this is maybe that's how i play games i know you play a lot of games when you were growing up back and forth yeah um but like 
I think most games are now designed and developed knowing that so these players are going to play for like one or two hours and then play another game. Yeah. Whereas like old school games are like, you're going to play this 24-7. Yeah. And that ties into, I, I they may have talked about this before, like it, it's the, it's what all they're doing. And I remember talking about Netflix, like Netflix was like their biggest competitor is Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Which wasn't an like wasn't an insult. I, I I heard this somewhere, but it was because they're really just trying to vie for your time. That's what they're all trying to do, and so yeah. it becomes an attention grab instead of a, an honest yeah. product. That slice of time is enough for them, so that's what they designed the game for, right? And it kind of, I guess, falls short in terms of content. But of course, idealistically, it's impossible to build a game in today's in the way the gaming world is today i think it's impossible to build a game that really is like the game that you'll play for a long time right in a way that is like oh this is an innovative yeah you know something worth delving into in that way yeah it's more like an mmo is like what you'd want to spend a lot of time on which it's always been but like before they were kind of new interesting systems but not even like an mmo like look at skyrim like skyrim right so many people play Skyrim for so long and you know like I don't think games like Skyrim are being developed today I've never played Skyrim and <laughs> okay, I respect okay. it like that <laughs> <laughs> as of not having played it I mean that's some Todd Howard right there the god Howard <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, it's something about Skyrim I, I think the thing is there are games being made li- like it but that's the thing they're they're like it and they're not it and something right, about exactly. Skyrim was super, was very refined and well done, and it hits all the right itches. Mm-hmm. As opposed, I think Fallout, like, if you're trying to kind of make Fallout like that. Although, you know, also facts, I haven't really played Fallout 4 or Fallout 76. So <laughs> maybe I don't know what I'm talking about either. It just seems like every game that's coming out recently is just a shit show in terms of PR or like <laughs> they're trying to do this, but it's not what the players want. And it's just, it's a mess. Yeah, it's hard. It's a disconnect, again, like what we were talking about before. It's the programmers, I, or like, you know, the developers, I yeah. could say, and the gamers. Yeah. I. And there, I mean, there has more recently been like a a uh, focus on indie games. So maybe that's why these developers are like, oh, that's where, like, if we develop a simple enough game and, you, you know, it's not going to take a lot of their time, like, that's where the market right. is. And so they do like Torchlight Three. The developers understand like they are, I guess, competing for like other ARPGs. But yeah, they're they're satisfied with you'll play this for like a few hours and you know drop in. And then, but they, it also caters to those who will play for like a long time because of its progression as an ARPG like Diablo. Right. But uh, yeah. Thing is, like thinking about how to design for that on a broad scale is such a headache to me. I don't know why that seems like so annoying. <laughs> yeah. And especially, I think uh, another trend that's been showing up recently is like the mental health trend in games. Yeah. I know that we follow Healthy Gamer, and then obviously the thing with um, Wreckful. Yeah. yeah. Which is really unfortunate yeah. and sad. And I, I'm sure that plays into more than just games, but I, I think something like. I, I The problem with me is, or like my thinking, I think in the past is like i think about how 
how can games answer the problem of mental health or how can games like you know help help treat you know somehow you know miraculously when in reality games can't i think that like a game will never be able to do that in the way that just life at least not alone right at least not alone right and 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 not like as it's not like you can just play a game and then be cured or it's not like a game will give you all the answers like the mm-hmm. game is going to be tangent tandem to reality yeah. and so it, it's like you have to not be playing the game all the time you have to be you know doing you can't other just things be, exactly you have that to are be like healthy and, and centered in reality and mm-hmm. then the game makes sense i i think that I, I thought about like the the irony of this situation or this conundrum that I had is like thinking about gaming as as just like how do you treat game addiction like how do you make games that are better suited for not either like not being game addiction or or like not creating that problem or like yeah, I don't know somehow reducing it um and it's really not like games have to exist in the systems that they exist in they have to inspire dopamine within you that's what they do that's how you keep mm-hmm. playing them. And then the effect of like a uh, gaming addiction is where, and I was watching Doctor K, obviously, um, is is when you you just are, your body is so used to taking in all the dopamine that your your brain is generating that it just becomes more numb to them, and so other things aren't as enjoyable because you're that's what gaming addiction is. You've just been, and even the game isn't enjoyable anymore, but it's just like you just don't stop playing, and that's what the addiction is. Yeah. And I think like how can games treat that? And it's the the reality, and I I realized is they just can't. I I think that's obvious. <laughs> it's a truism, but f- like I think from a game developing standpoint, or, or like from even an artist standpoint, is like how can art just solve everything? And it in the end, it can't. Totally, at least. Yeah. It can treat and add support, but yeah, there's definitely like elements of gaming that can be healthy, but it like you said, it it all comes down to like the way you approach it like for example um when i was my first year of college uh i would say i was not in a healthy mental state Mm -hmm. but i was still playing guild wars 2 and i was like like what you were talking about how like that dissociation of reality that's what it was for me Mm. where uh, i was was it too much was it just too much I was just playing Guild Wars 2 for like no reason. It was just uh, yeah. something I did. And I wasn't, I could say I wasn't enjoying playing Guild Wars 2, but it was just that addiction of like, like I don't even. Doing the next thing, leading mm-hmm. to the next objective. It's just like natural. Yeah, it's a, the addiction. Yeah, exactly. But now, like years later, when I got back into Guild Wars 2, before I like actually quit, was. Yeah. I was in like a healthier state of mind and my approach to gaming was more aware of what gaming was in my life. And that's oh, when yeah. I enjoyed it because it was, I was able to dissociate. It's like, it's just an MMO. It's just a game I'm playing. Right. I well, know you... this sounds so obvious to no, like I know. To everyone non-gamers, else. <laughs> but it, so there true. really is like a problem where like gaming is just more than gaming for a lot of people addicted to gaming. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it can be very unhealthy because it just becomes part of your life, like your everyday routine. And really, it is just zeros and ones, but <laughs> to, to other people, it's like more than that. It's like they they put a lot of 
they invest not just time, but like a part of themselves in this game, yeah. especially MMOs. Definitely. And it's like, like a, hundreds of people putting themselves yeah. into it. Yeah. But I think um, having that healthy state of mind, and this comes down to like just being aware of like yourself as a human being and the distance between that reality and the gaming you enjoy gaming like a lot more for what it is somehow when you can compartmentalize it in your life like and i did again this is so obvious but like you don't try to make it what it isn't and when you don't when you try to take it as it is you realize it's something that is interesting and valuable in its own way in in terms of like you know talking about mental health and games um with the whole wreckful situation how do you think that will change games and you know i I, hopefully for the better right i mean it's horrible yeah it's unfortunate that um despite his like mental state uh like what happened and the whole suicide and the way it was i guess just preventable it was preventable um i i i really hope there's a more focus on like mental health awareness in the gaming community and all and like online community in terms of like streaming and twitch because there is like this toxic culture of like you put these normal people on platforms and you know everyone there's always shit that they take and people Mm. just don't think it affects them i've seen a lot of comments and about like streamers relating to like that type of situation and feeling that they're in because as a streamer they're just like on the spotlight and even uh i've heard streamers like oh they don't feel like streaming but they there's like this pressure that they have to right and they're obliged like that, yeah like that pressure could be so heavy depending on like their mental health and like this where they're at so i hope hopefully they're I hope that it improves. At least the awareness. I know that with the you know healthy gamer GG stuff, like there's a lot going around about it. There's more being done about it. You know, there's more attention yeah, like, being brought. Doctor K, I don't know how long he's been doing it, but Shout it's out. definitely been a recent um, surgence of that, and that's I think that's really good. That's a start. Yeah, it's very valuable, even in itself. Like that could be itself a, a yeah. great cornerstone. But yeah, I, I like I think that like that I don't know if mental health relates to this. Um I mean I again like we'll see how things change. But also in terms of um the the melee situation with uh, I guess the sexual accusations, I don't know what exactly happened. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, just I guess briefly talk about how um with the whole social media movement and rightfully so, like the the stories being shared of victims of sexual abuse and harassment um with all that going on a lot of online personalities and gamers and players competitive gaming players uh have been i guess rightfully accused and even you know going to jail for a lot of things that are going on melee players melee yeah, because these are like illegal acts of 
pedophilia, oh my sexual God. harassment, and abuse. And um, I think it's good because, you know, you want these communities to be a safe place for young kids, these gamers. Right. To, you know, just enjoy a Smash game or something. Like, you know, as a parent, you don't want to bring your kid to, like, a Smash tournament and worry about them being raped or, like, sexually harassed. Jesus, that's so harsh. And essentially, that is what happened. Like, these people were accused, and there's evidence that they did, like, you know, raped or sexually harassed young minors or people in the community. And it's just, it's just toxic how, like, normalized it's been. It's become because, you know, you just don't talk about it, or even, uh, I don't want, like, even Nairo, Nairo's situation, he like paid the victim to like keep quiet about it because like, it'll ruin his career. Oh my! And so there's just so many toxic situations, and it, I think it's healthy that it's being blown up on the internet. Yeah. Get that. Get that dirty yeah. laundry. Yeah. Spread. And it's, it's not just like the Smash community. It's just that just happens to be the community we follow. It's been happening everywhere outside of gaming, and that's. I it's also good that all these stories are being shared because, right, it's just pretty fucked up that it's so common, right. In terms of the and some people, I think they talk about it like as cancel culture, which I think there is an element of that, in the like the witch hunty vibe because I I think yeah. the point the essence of and obviously it started with the Me Too movement. Is is to enact change, right? It's to bring out, it's to get the truth out, and to now we can have change. Yeah. And then I think then the thing is like it, it's always been. I mean, obviously with the evidence, with evidence and you know, like children and rape, like that's a problem. And I, at that, I I don't even I don't even imagine that as part of society. Like I I forget that that's even possible. But then like it just happens. It's like. I didn't know. I didn't know if it was that much. Uh, that's pretty horrible. Yeah, it's, it's pretty insane. Like that, this shit just happens behind closed doors, or we just don't even realize. Yeah. But the The problem here is that these uh, people online have like so many people following them, and the problem is the disconnect between oh, like his personality online is like. I understand who he is as a person just because I've watched his stream, just because I'm a follower, just because I'm like a subscriber. It's like, oh, like he would, he's like, they have this entitlement that they think they know yeah. that person, but really it's, it's not like it, it's people don't understand the disconnect. And this talks, this can be tied into like simp culture. <laughs> no, man. Oh, this is an interesting tie in. But I mean that's a whole nother topic. But essentially, like Ludwig recently put it best, and there's a, there's a clip I can probably show you later where he just he he just outright was just like, "Look, I am not your friend. I you don't know me. You know, <laughs> you can't just like you know like he he dispels the that relation right um, between like a viewer and streamer." And a performer, and, really. Exactly. It's all just a performance. Like, you don't know 
your streamers like and so that that's important to like because with zero like, there's a lot of um people who are like oh like these accusations are are like out of hand like zero wouldn't do this you know like as if they knew who zero was right and then the evidence came out and then it was like oh shit like he oh fuck. he actually did all this and even worse Jeez. stuff like that so it just goes to show like how ignorant and blind people can be to the real issues at hand in like society like social issues um and even like racial issues like right, people it's crazy how how much of society doesn't even know they're racist <laughs> and yeah. it's so stupid and the fact that it's been so normalized in in the way we were grown up like dude we went to yeah. an all-white school and like looking back i'm like holy shit no, like, it wasn't it wasn't that that specifically whole, all that white school was so it was so racist and it oh, was just man. the norm but yeah i yeah. i guess i was very unconscious i really don't remember i've always thing is like anything i i think i've always assumed it was like it was a joke which was a problem but i I had a lot of really good conver- race conversations with all like all my my black friends <laughs> but like i i was always i've always been interested in race i think in that it just doesn't make sense you know and may, but the thing is like is that even that could be racist if you don't address that there's a racial problem yeah i don't know it's it, i think until, the whole thing is like until you interesting if you can't acknowledge the problem you're not going to solve it right so like i think right. I, what the issue is that a lot of people like a crazy amount of people in america don't think it's an issue because they just don't know yeah they're racist right no okay and definitely i i think sometimes i'm I'm harsh because it's frustrating that people haven't that people are so oblivious or, or not aware of this this issue i think like my my main disclaimer would be read something like um invisible man by ralph waldo emerson or ellison very good classic 60s um mm-hmm. african-american intellectual really good book mm-hmm. also between the world and me by tanisi coates if the to me that that's like everything obviously it's not everything but that i think that's my essential right. feelings or understanding yeah, like, of the problem in america yeah do your research and support anything that can pretty much help shape the world yeah. into like a better place and, and I, I recently put out like you know like i recently put out the statement and i want to just reiterate like anyone of us has the energy to uh pretty much initiate a change whether it's in our smaller circle of people that we interact with or like the bigger scope of like social media and our platform um like just any little effort can inspire someone else to be more active and so that can go a long way in terms of the the movement towards fixing these issues in society dang this suddenly this shifted yeah i just i didn't want to not talk about it because we were leaning towards truth the social issues yeah it it, it overlaps into gaming i know that a lot of yeah it just especially especially gaming yeah i i think too but like it's because social systems because they're institute their systems put in place right Mm-hmm. I think having a mind for games and and the systems that occur in games it really put turns your eye towards these kind of problems and thinking about them and how there's 
these little these clever inversions or, or you can see different ways that I think if you don't have a, a mind for systems in the way that a, a person who plays games, you wouldn't have a clear understanding of how like this, this how a racist sentiment can be put in place and, right. and remain in place in, in these like inverted, uh, like wait a blinding or, or in a space that you can't see clearly until you think about it. Yeah. Maybe I'll cut this, but like the analogy of like, <laughs> yeah, systemic uh racism is literally just built on how racist america was yeah and then no, like, it's the analogy it's is like why is this game so bad it's because it was built on the system of like how terrible <laughs> like the crafting system was made and so you can't just fix one problem you'd have to rewrite the whole system right oh man oh man okay so wait actually i think that's interesting does that play into this only got into a social commentary yeah <laughs> do you think that what so you think it's more important to rewrite the the system or parts of the system or like how do we uh, 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 yeah what how do we think? like approach it yeah there definitely has to be some changes in like elements of a system or else it would if it's built on the problem you know you can't just it's still gonna be there at the the base yeah the root of it all all right so yeah we've had a pretty good discussion from uh competitive gaming to runescape and even to the social issues going on in the world today and we did our best to tie it all together anything else as unprofessionals, I I think I'm good. That that was all. I I feel very fulfilled. Thank you. Yes, I, it has been a while since our last one, so we'll definitely share. We say this. I feel like we say this every <laughs> yeah, podcast. It's we'll been a while. To, we'll try to be more routine about these recordings. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yes. So, um, uh, anything else? Uh, anything new that we can? I guess end on. Um, I mean, we have a new Discord. Oh yeah, that's right. So uh, <laughs> we pizzazzed and flared up the Discord. So feel free to follow and join. Uh, we'll most likely be hanging out there during the day when we're playing video games or even just working. Uh, we're all anything, working from home, yeah. so like, feel free to stop by, hang out, and just leave a. There's sections just, where you can yeah. chat and like leave us some questions for. Future reviews. We should have a criticism section. Yeah, where the people can just roast us. <laughs> yeah, just roast section. Would <laughs> yeah. appreciate it. But uh, it's, definitely, it's actually yeah, it's that. very sorry. It's it's just it is very refined. I, Sean did it, and it's it's great. I, I'm I'm impressed. It's a team effort. Um, Fair, all right. <laughs> uh, so like, definitely it. check it out. We'll um, we'll put links for all our socials and all our content creation there because I. I uh, I stream on Twitch now. I'm trying to put out more YouTube content. I know Christian is putting out like hello YouTube content for his other podcast. Shouts yeah. out to uh, RJCXD Official, where they talk about pretty much everything like films, pop culture, video games. They're all about that as well. Yeah, the culture wars. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, check out those YouTubes. All the links will be in the description, of course, to all the issues we're talking about in today's podcast. Uh, so go ahead and support 
you know, lo black local businesses, support uh, people, and like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll probably re-say re this, but uh, yeah, yeah. I'll put a link down below where you can read up more on the social issues going on today and where you can support um and yeah yeah um there's a lot of work to be done i think yeah and a lot of change that can be made yeah and it starts with you you <laughs> uncle sam pointing <laughs> <laughs> but again we are just two unprofessional amateur nerds and gamers and Amateur artists nerds, so yeah. don't let us be the source of information <laughs> yeah, what you do your research read up on anything that is vitally important to making a yeah. change be honest with yourself about what you think and feel about all the situations and try to refine it into something you know read up on it yeah that's my feeling that's especially in today's age of technology there's so much that we can be doing in terms of like reading i definitely want to read more uh books been spending way too much time on tiktok <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those short-term dopamine hijackers yeah. yeah it's oh it's so bad gotta be careful uh, but yeah you can follow me on twitter instagram on uh, youtube on tiktok maybe Maybe not TikTok. So don't follow me on TikTok. That's the uh, that's private. Uh, <laughs> yeah, follow me on Twitch as well. Put all the links down below. Yeah, follow, I'm JCReno77 on Twitter. Again, I don't tweet, but follow yeah. me if you want. I'm gonna start putting your Instagram too. Okay. There. Yeah, you got you gotta up up. I can branch out. Yeah. You know. Um. Yeah, I have a few sources. Nice. <laughs> Other than that, that wraps up this episode. Thank you for listening. Again, we appreciate even if you listen for 30 seconds or the whole thing or just, yeah, or even just, just click it and shut it off because it's so bad. <laughs> uh, we appreciate it. That'd be sad. But yeah. But let us know. You can let us know how it is. Whether either <laughs> Why don't we to know how to directly. end <laughs> And again, join the Discord. Okay, bye. Peace out.